Their aim, to make you smarter. Is it working? Oh, Here's Stephen Bruce and for Gatos and Chad today. Yeah, still up in the air for debate, really I guess. Aim a lot lower, quite honestly. We were joking earlier about how we didn't have any skills to put down on Insta work. Got, uh... Nunchuck skills. I got bow staff skills. Who are you, Napoleon Dynamite? What job did he end up getting? I can't remember. I don't remember. Uh, you know, Bruce, I got to be honest with you. I thought that we'd be hosting this show this week and that there wouldn't be a lot going on. You were It's worried. just kind of the week that it is, right? The week before Christmas. Things There's tend to slow down. Everybody's out of town. Not They're a lot going out. on. The government's pretty much not yeah. in, although they never really get anything accomplished anyway. I didn't expect there to be a lot of news. We've had a decent amount of things go down. There's yeah. election lawsuits going on today. The, the uh, trials, yeah. There's been a lot at the border, the Supreme Court. Title Biden, 42. Title thing. 42. Um, and then we find out just now, uh, which you heard from Becky Lynn earlier, that just in. Governor Ducey is going to be essentially forced to take down parts of his shipping container wall at the border. Interesting. So he said all along, I'm happy to take it down if the federal government and the Biden administration decide to build more border wall, actual border wall in yeah. those areas. Now it's looking like they're coming to an agreement where that's going to actually happen. Yeah, and, and to me, it's unclear right now. And this is this is just happening. We're just getting some of this. It's unclear whether um, Ducey is doing this because he wants to or because he has to. I think there's a certain amount of has to in it, um, specifically that the sum of the containers are on federal land. And the feds have said, you, state of Arizona, Governor Ducey or anyone else can't go build stuff on federal land. You, I don't care what it is. Yeah, and as we know, the area of land where the border wall is is usually federal land on some level, right? We're not just talking about that. We're also talking about national forests um, and other areas uh, that are federally owned. Need of, need of a tribal land down Absolutely. there. Absolutely. So part of this is that Ducey will have to remove shipping containers from some of those areas as well. Now, here's the kicker, and I'm reading from Cody Lillich, who's a uh, reporter and producer over at Arizona's Family. Credit to him on this. He got a quote from a spokesperson from Ducey's office that says that stipulation that they would remove those border uh, those shipping containers from the border wall was basically entered because they've received indication that the federal government would be moving forward with building their own barrier, which, again, Ducey has said all along, happy to do that for you. Yeah, I, take down the thingies and we're going to build the wall. But they were going to build parts of the wall anyway. Again, this is to me, it's unclear. It's maybe a way that both sides get to declare, declare victory. Yeah, that makes sense. Ducey to me. can say, "I put up my thingy, maboober. I put up the uh, the the shipping containers, the Great Wall of Ducey, as Gatos calls it." Yeah, and um, because of that, I forced them to build the wall. The feds can say, "We were going to build the wall anyway, gosh darn it!" And we just need you to get these damn containers out of the way. Right. We're ending the political stunt by a Republican yeah. governor, and we're putting up something that's and actually going to help. We were going to extend whatever part of the wall we were normally yeah. going to extend anyway. You're right about that, that everybody's going to take credit for their own idea and, and what it ends up looking like. I, I do find it interesting they're going to be taking down some of the containers. They haven't been up all that long. I mean, it's only no. been a couple of months we've been talking about this. Agreed. I have kind of thought all along it was a bit of a stunt. We've talked with border officials, some who have said that it's very helpful, uh, not that it lessens the number of people coming 
coming across the border. That was certainly never the intent. But what it did was fill a couple of gaps, for instance, in Yuma. Mm -hmm. You and I talked to the mayor of Yuma yesterday. We've talked with him in the past where he says it doesn't lower the number of people coming across. Certainly, they're still coming. It's just we have less holes. So instead of 10 holes they're coming through on the wall, maybe we have two or three, which makes less points. funnels them to certain areas. Then Border Patrol can go to two sections of the wall to pick up people instead of 10. Yeah. Although, I guess, were we watching that video the other day of people jumping over the wall and look like they had a bungee cord? Did I don't think that? I saw that. No. You missed that? I didn't Was see that, that me one. and Pablo watching that? Well, there's certainly been lots of videos of people thwarting so the wall. They were, they were, uh, this is the new wall, the real, not, not the uh, container wall. But I was like, what am I watching? And they had like a, like a bungee cord as the best way I'd describe it. So they're at the top of the wall and they, and then let go when they get to the bottom and then and the bungee cord goes back, back up, up. And the next person could, could get on the bungee cord. We talked with. I was like, what the heck am I watching? I think it was several months ago, if not last year, we talked with Arizona's family investigative reporter Morgan Lowe, who went down to the border and had instances of people cutting through the wall. Because you know, oh, the, oh, wow. you know you can see through the wall. It's panels, right? That are uh, you can see through it. That yes, was, yeah, they're like slats. I would so call them. So some of right? the slats, I guess, have been basically cut off, sawed off. Uh, I don't know exactly what the tool is uh, it, that creates a nice little section of the wall where you can just you know crawl right through there or so, walk right through. In some cases, growing up in Tucson, uh, from time to time we would go out and do things. And I, I, I if I haven't told you a story, I want to tell it to you now. That I uh, illegally entered Mexico and then illegally re-entered the United States. Whoops! Completely by What's the statute of limitations on that. Uh, I don't know. I was in a place called Sasabe, Arizona. Okay. And uh, Sasabe is a mud hut would be the best way to describe it, possibly. And we were camping. We were out there and camping and hunting and whatever. And uh, I was walking along a wash. And there was a barbed wire fence, and I just kind of ducked and went underneath and went in. And all of a sudden, I'm like, the cows are awful skinny around here. What is going on? Why in this does it feel different? And I'm like, I, I'm looking around, and I'm like, I, I don't think we're, I don't think we're in the United States anymore. We had walked into Mexico by accident. Whoops! So we ran back into the United States. But we probably spent a half hour, 45 minutes wandering around Mexico. I was going to say, how long does it take for you to realize? I mean, because we've both been down to the border before. Mm-hmm. It's not all that different on the other side of the fence. No, but I definitely, know, yeah, after a while, like I picked up on um, what we did actually see a, a federale. And that's oh. kind of was like, I was like, that doesn't look like our Why is he coming over here so fast? Yeah, so <laughs> Maybe we should go back through the fence. But uh, there's a lot of it, you know, and, and, and listen, uh, wall aside, uh, Shipping containers aside, uh, there are huge gaps down there. We had the discussion about the um, Tohono O'odham Indian Reservation, yeah. which extends from the United States into Mexico. Uh, part seventy percent of it's in the U.S. Thirty percent of their reservation is their their tribal land, and there there isn't so much as a fence. They walk back and forth. It's their land. It's part of the reason that they were against Ducey's shipping container wall. They're like, you can't build a wall through the middle of our nation. This land doesn't belong to you. Yeah, and to your point, their borders... Are not our borders. Are not the same as our borders. And that is a complicated thing. I wish I'm not smart. I'm not smart enough to understand how much of a sovereign land... uh, uh, Tribal land is compared to this. And they have a 
compact, I believe is what they refer to them as. They have an agreement that they can cross back and forth because they're tribal lands on both sides of the border. I do wonder, too, how much of this is pressure that Ducey got. I mean, obviously, he got sued by the Biden administration over this. Um, well, is this going to end the lawsuit? I would it's think, to, right? now, assuming that Biden does follow through on building portions of the border wall, we talked with the mayor of Yuma, and he said that he's been assured that those contracts in Yuma start at the end of this month, right. which and there's only a couple of days left in the month. He's been told the same thing, that they're going to they're gonna build real wall, not right. temporary so wall. So if that's truly coming, if Biden is serious about that, because it's been over a year since we first heard that they were going to fill some of those gaps at specifically like the Morelos Dam and Yuma and things like that, it's been a year. Mm-hmm. That they've been promising that. And Ducey finally just did something about it. I'm not saying it was completely wrong. At least something got done. But uh, I am glad that this is finally going to come to some sort of resolution, it appears. Yes. All right. Coming up next. A record number of you might be traveling, flying specifically for the holidays. Do you know what your rights are as a passenger if your flight gets canceled or, God forbid, you get kicked off of your flight? Don't. Well, fortunately, Bruce flies all the time. He, he can answer all of your questions. That's next. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show. And this portion of the program brought to you by Parker & Sons Plumbing and Electrical, the two-time winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Awards. Steve Zinsmeister and Bruce St. James in for Gatos and Chad today. Bueno. Bueno. Uh, which means good, I think. Did you know agua means water? I did know that. Okay. I did actually know that. I'm a bilingually literate. I can't read or write in two different languages. That's about where my uh, Spanish knowledge ends. Right after that. Took about four years of it in high school and college. Didn't really retain much. Um, There's going to be a record number of people traveling, specifically flying, according to TSA. They expect the numbers to eclipse uh, some of the post-pandemic numbers we've seen. Thanksgiving was the highest Thanksgiving travel season since 2019. Yeah, I've been three years. I anticipate it will be the exact same same for Christmas. A lot of people are going to be traveling. The big travel day is tomorrow. That's when I'm flying. Oh, imagine that. Yeah, what a surprise. Imagine that. And allegedly, the last time I was on a plane a couple months ago, okay, uh, I didn't get bumped from the flight. I got bumped from my seat. Really? I picked a seat. I paid for you had, that. Seat. You had a boarding pass that said 17A. And when I showed up on the day of the flight, they said, "Nope, you don't sit there anymore. You sit a couple rows back there." Okay, that hap- Okay, happens, I guess. Sometimes you know that happens. And it happened to me recently. They changed the plane, and the seats were in a different configuration. It might be smaller. It might be bigger. The rows aren't the same. And so Less I had that happen. I go, yeah. How come? seat changed and they're like it's a different plane it's <laughs> we went from a boeing to an airbus and the rows are different 14c doesn't exist on this right plane or whatever, right, it, yeah, is, whatever right. it is right uh so that's a so that fairly minor you're thing. still on the plane i wasn't asking for a refund or yes. to be compensated yeah no it wasn't <laughs> that necessarily but there are instances where you could be bumped from a flight entirely yeah. or your flight could be delayed so there's good canceled. news and bad news i'm going to tell you as someone who flies a lot i i'd like to think i know the rules i actually tweeted this out at the bruce st james uh the link to the u.s department of transportation they're kind of like what you can and can't expect all right So do you want the good news first or the bad news first? Uh, Hit me with the good news. Okay. If you are involuntarily bumped from a flight, okay, which means that you have your ticket, your boarding pass, you get there and they say, nope, we've given your seat away 
and you are not flying on this flight, which, by the way, you technically agree to, right? You, if you're involuntarily bumped, you actually have some options, okay? Um, the law, the Department of Transportation, okay, and all the airlines have agreed to, if you still get to your destination within an hour, you don't get anything. Okay. Oh, like if they put you on another flight that's leaving at a similar 30 time. 30 minutes and- later, you, you've got no argument. Okay, gotcha. What happens is if your delay after getting kicked off the plane starts to extend. Um, if you arrive between one hour later than you would have, you are entitled. The airline must pay you a minimum of an amount equal to 200% of your one-way fare or $775, whichever's lower. 200%. That's uh, double. Okay, I'll take your word for it. If it's more than two hours, that number gets bumped up. 400% or $1,500, whichever's lower. I need to get into the business of... uh, I don't think a lot of people know that if you are involuntarily bumped, but it doesn't happen as much. You know why? Why? Have you been at a gate before and they've said, we're looking for volunteers right now. Uh, We're offering two one-way tickets if you can, if your travel plans are flexible, because that's called... In, uh, that's called voluntarily bumping. Right, I'm agreeing to do I, that. And you've taken compensation for it. Sometimes we're offering a $200 voucher if you'll fly three hours later. They're doing that so they don't have to pay somebody yeah, else $200. $200 is cheaper than, let's say I paid 300 for the flight. They got to pay me 200%. I'm making 600 bucks. I was at, uh, I was at a, a, a gate and it got up to $1,000. And when they said, we're offering a thousand, there was a, I couldn't even, I couldn't knock somebody out of the way in time to get there. <laughs> mad dash because they were like, desk. well, it's 250. Nobody moved. Like 500. Yeah, it's getting a, we're offering a thousand. And people were knocking folks out of the way. I'm taking a grand. That's fine. Well, and with each number, I can only assume that in your head, you're like, ah, I don't want to do that. Because you still got to fly. It. You're just flying later. And at a certain point, you're like, ah, my, my, my mother-in-law can wait an extra couple hours, right? Like, yeah, I'm making a thousand I might be bucks. better off. <laughs> so here's, are you ready for the bad? news uh yeah because this is kind of what we're dealing with we're dealing with this week um if your flight is delayed Uh uh-huh weather air traffic control maintenance you are not entitled to compensation delays doesn't matter how long the delay is no and they said uh that's because no it literally doesn't matter they said it's because and again it's in that uh, what they call rules of carriage the, the fine print. Yeah. When the airline says, we have a flight leaving Phoenix at 4 p.m. Uh, flying to Seattle. They don't actually have to do that. <laughs> it's kind of a, it's a wish. Uh, the schedules are not guaranteed is the term they use. It's more or less a time just to make sure everybody gets there. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Try to be here by four. That's when we're planning on taking off. The So they're saying if your flight is delayed, it really is each individual airline has its own policies. Airlines do not have to give you a hotel room. Airlines do not have to pay for your food. They don't. Now, some of them do because they're trying to keep customers in some way, shape, or form happy. They understand that. Um, I, I can tell you that usually, and you can ask, you need to ask, could you book me on another airline if there's empty seats? They don't have to. That is something that is up to the individual airline if they choose to. I can tell you that if you are a frequent flyer, 
and you fly a lot, spend a lot of money with an airline, they are more receptive to the idea of helping you. They know they're probably getting your money in the long run. As opposed to somebody who flies once a year and goes, I just picked the cheapest ticket. And they know that next year you're going to pick the cheapest ticket and it may not be them. Yeah, no, that's a good point. It's it's almost the in-store credit argument. But if you have to be somewhere, and I say this to people all the time, if you ha- positively have to be somewhere, you need to plan, you need to build in some elbow room. You got to. Yeah, because Because exactly, a, a bomb cyclone happens, and the airlines are not responsible for bomb cyclones. Uh, for the record, bomb cyclone, that's weather, not an actual bomb. Uh, <laughs> you don't, and don't say the word bomb at the airport. Yeah, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I heard Becky Lynn. Can I, can I follow up on the piece she did? Yeah. There is a board, and it's up there. Uh, uh, you see it all the time, and it has the, the gates, A, B, C, and D, uh, Terminal 4, because that's always the one. Uh, American the Southwest, one. everybody yeah. flies out of there. And it tells you the wait times in them, and I don't know if a lot of people well, no, you can get to every gate from any of the things. Just because you're flying out of gate A26 doesn't mean you can't go through security checkpoint D because it's shorter. And then you just take like the, the moving sidewalk or I I call it, hey, I'm getting in my steps. <laughs> just I'll go ahead and walk, you know, if I have a little extra time. No, that's a good point because I do think that Sky Harbor was built pretty well in that regard. Uh, coming up next. One of Arizona's biggest problems doesn't get talked about nearly enough. Nearly so, enough. You know what? We're going to talk about it, and maybe Mexico could help us solve it next on the Garrison Chad Show. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. You're locked in to the Gatos and Chad Show. It is the Gatos and Chad Show. Steve Zinsmeister and Bruce St. James in for the guys this week. And I would think we could both agree, Bruce, it's not the sexiest of topics, but it's certainly one of the biggest problems we face in Arizona. Hold on a second. It may not be sexy to you. I like it. Yeah, okay. The sexy topic for Bruce being uh, water. Water. Water in the desert. Being a, a, a Arizonan for the majority of my life. You know, man, maybe it was something that my, my dad had instilled in me. You know, understanding the desert. Um, you know, kind of the, the reality of living in a desert. And understanding that water drives everything. The wars are going to be over water out here. And I think we're starting to see the beginning of that with some of these new uh, restrictions and new regulations regarding use of the Colorado River. Yeah, because I think the thing that will make people care the most about water is when it stops coming out of the tap. It and sounds pretty dramatic. Agreed. But, but the, and the problem with that is that by the time that you, Stevie Z, go and turn the tap and nothing comes out, it's probably way too late to do anything oh, about absolutely. ever getting the water flowing again. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. I mean, it's an issue that, again, we've had a long time that we could have been doing things for this. Uh, Governor Ducey has certainly put a lot of money into investment plans moving forward. And two of the ideas um, are getting more water pumped in from Mexico, from the ocean, and doing desalination to then use that water, which is close by, or pumping water across the country from the Mississippi, which, as we talked about earlier, they've got more water than they need in that river. So we'll take some of that. Uh, I think you brought up a great point earlier. The percentages of fresh to to salt water in the world are the same today as they've ever been. About 3% of the world's water is fresh water. By the way, about 2.5% of that is locked up in things like glaciers. Which is uh, unusable, uh, uh, I would think. Well, you want to go up there and ship <laughs> off and you know, throw it in your tumbler you know, with your scotch. But uh, 97% of the earth is salt water. Right. And you got to treat it. That hasn't changed. 
No. And so when we talk about areas where there isn't enough water or the flip side, areas with flooding and, and, and it just means the water's moving around. There's not more of it. It doesn't go away. It hasn't been destroyed. Well, and we can't get it back. And the water on this planet has been the water on this planet since the beginning of time. Right. Recycles. That's the whole thing you learn in elementary school, right? You say that, and you never have a drink of water again once you know where it's been. Oh, well, that's a fair point. I stopped drinking water when I found out what fish do in it. <laughs> I think the idea of pumping water from Mexico is good. It's closer to us now. It's like. A- Building a pipeline to Mexico would be easier than one to the Mississippi River. It's pretty fascinating, isn't it? The idea of, because we have these huge oil and gas pipelines. Yeah, we talk about that all the time. Uh, uh, whether it's, you know, the Keystone Pipeline. I mean, that goes from Canada to Texas. Right. That's a long way to pump oil. But how much does oil go for? There's a there's a cost savings there, right? Sure. The issue with pumping water over long distances is doable, but it's gonna cost you. Yeah, and you gotta get Mexico on board too. If this if this is the idea that we end up going, oh, I with. think Mexico go for this in heartbeat. Yeah, because they're, they're the sellers. They're, they're the one making money. We're off selling water to the gringos. You mean we can sell the ocean to America? Sign us up, Angelina. <laughs> He's Bruce St. James. I'm Steve. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody. Hey, thanks for uh, spending a couple days with me, Awesome. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Becky Lynn is up next with Arizona's Evening News. We'll see you.